Coach Shuck Hoops Online is a basketball website that is really it's it, it's it's a women's basketball website that's for coaches, players, and fans. In my original site, CoachShuck.com, I was using Wix. And Wix, it was good, but it was it wasn't what I was looking for. I want there was there were more things that I wanted to do and I felt limited, so I, I switched over to WordPress. And WordPress is much more at least for me, WordPress is much more difficult than Wix, but you have many more options. You can basically design your website to how however you want to. And so what my website is if, for those of you that have been on there, it, basically every post has game clips. And I don't have a long... It, it's basically the clips for you, to, for you to watch, for you to form your own opinions, for you to see what you like, see what you don't like, without my... With, without me trying to you know, dissect and explain everything that's going on. Um, not to say that I know, like, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to show you how much I know, or how little I know, whatever. But it's for you to watch, as a coach, you know, you watch it, and you say, oh, I really like this, and, and you can, you can take from each video what you want. For players, it's for you to, you know, go on there, and watch players, study players. For fans, if you just like watching, if you like watching basketball, women's basketball in particular, you can go on there and you can pull up, you know, you can, I think I've got maybe 40 some blog posts on there now, all with video highlight, or all with video clips, you know, some are 15, 20 minutes, some are, you know, four or five minutes, but you can just go on there, or coaches, players, and you can just go on there and you can watch. So that's kind of, that. that's, that's my idea behind it. For the members of CoachShuck.com, there will be a member section coming up. I don't know when, but when that does happen, those of you that paid, I, I'll st I'm still honoring your your lifetime subscription. So I don't want you to think that I I cheated you or ripped you off. But um, you know, and then and then all my all my uh, all the video posts, with the exception of probably the first 15, maybe when I first started it, but all the others. I use Rumble as my video platform now. I, I upload and I use the I use Rumble to host all my videos, and then I embed them into the blog post. And it, I know for me, everything that I was putting on YouTube was getting copyrighted. Everything was getting copyrighted. I mean, I would slice and dice each video to the point where I'm saying to myself, "Okay, there's no way this is going to get. There's no way there's going to be copyright." But just copyright after copyright. So I, I played with other video um, hosting platforms. And to me, Rumble, what you get for your money, you can live stream, you can, you know, the, you can monetize, you can run ads. What you're paying 
for what you're getting is I, I, it, it's completely worth it. Um, so, in most of my posts, the ones where I use the uh, Rumble video player, I have a, I have a referral link. If you want to try it out, use my use that link, and then if you decide to join Rumble, you have your own link, and then you know others you recommend it to can use that link. So. I think it's a really good. I think it's a really good platform. I think it's excellently priced. You don't even have to pay anything to get monetized. Like, it's it's really good, but it's there's not it's it's there's not met, not much sports on there. That's for sure. I might be the only legit real basketball um, website that does use it. So if you're looking for something else, I would highly recommend it. think anytime you get a chance to perform your craft or what you do best, teaching, coaching, uh, see whatever whatever you might do, I think anytime you get a chance to do that in an environment that you might not be comfortable with or where you've never have done it before. I think you need to do it. Um, one of my coolest experiences coaching basketball came in one of those environments. I, a couple months ago, I know a lot of people saw the uh, Ernie Johnson video that was going around Twitter. Um, and everybody was commenting, sharing it. Like It was a great video, excellent video, when his son passed away. And the high school that his son went to and was a manager for the basketball team was a guy by the name of Phil Boyer, Coach Bo. Coach Bo and I, we used to, uh, we've had a lot of Chick-fil-A breakfasts. Breakfast, you know, dinner, whatever. Him and I, we would um, we'd meet up at Chick-fil-A and basically he, he just mentored the heck out of me. And hardly any of it was basketball related. Coach Bo's one of those guys that he's just such a he's, he's a great man, great person. I I can't say enough about him. But one day we're at Chick Fil A, and he was telling me about him and three or four other coaches. They would go to um, one of the prisons here in Georgia, Phillips State Prison, and they would coach basketball on Saturday mornings to 60 inmates who have earned it. And one day at Chick-fil-A says, hey, I want you to come with us. I want you to start, you know, if I'd be interested. And I said, okay. You know, so, you know, I remember the first time we went, we're waiting, we're waiting to get inside. There's a long, there's a line of people waiting to get in there. I guess it was visitation on Saturday mornings, but we're, we're in that line to get through, through the gates. And I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous. It's getting more real. <laughs> And I, you go through, I think, four sets of steel doors, gates, and you'd walk through, and you would hear the slam of those doors with the gates shut, and it got even more real. And then you walk into the gym, which, it's not the gyms we're used to. Two goals, you know, concrete floor, it's cold, it's a barn, basically. And you see 60, you see 60 dudes in there just... Two goals, a few basketballs, you know, they're, they're shooting around, whatever, playing, whatever they were doing, you know, hanging out. 
and then you get even more nervous. I, I was, I was, it's the only time I've ever been nervous getting ready to teach basketball. The only time. But as soon as we get started, I learned real quickly that those dudes in there, they listen to every word you say. They hang on to every word you say. They listen with their eyes. They're, they're, they're looking directly at you. They're trying to process it all. Yes, sir. No, sir. And then they go do it without question, as hard as they can, to the best they can. And I've never taught basketball to a group of people that... And I don't want to say this because I'm not. I've, I've coached so many great players in terms of just coaching. Like they've, I, I've never, I've really never had that problem player, never. But this was on another level, and I think it was because of the environment they were in. They really had to earn it to get those. I think it was like an hour and a half with us. They had to really earn it, and they know the second that they slipped up, it was getting pulled from them. So the environment was much different, and it was just it was one of those things that it got. You get to the point where. After that first time you're in there with them, you can't wait to go back because you form a bond, you form you form a, a, a relationship with these guys, and you never talk about why they're in there. Some of them are in there for life. Some of them are in there for, uh, you know, maybe a couple years, whatever it might be. But what you know is that what what you do learn is that these guys, at some point in their life, they couldn't. They couldn't separate yes and no, right from wrong. And it became habit. And finally it caught up to them. And I do believe that those 60 guys that were in there, and it, it would fluctuate from Saturday. Sometimes we'd see, you know, there was one guy, his name was Swole, and Swole was jacked. Like, he was jacked. Um, you know, there would be some Saturday we didn't see Swole. Because, he, you know, obviously he screwed around during the week or whatnot. But, um... They, uh, it was just, it, it, it was really neat and to, you know, to be able to share because Coach Bowl would lead a little devotional afterwards, and, and I truly believe that the majority of those men in there, they were, they were, um, they have changed, you know, they were, they were, um, they were changed men, and so it was, it was just such an awesome experience, and then from the coaching aspect, I mean, you've really got it, you, you improve. And the way you communicate and the way you teach certain things, because a lot of those guys they don't know that they don't know the basketball terminology that we talk that we talk every day. Like our players understand, and your players understand. So you've got to find ways to um, deliver the message which you're trying to teach them as quickly and as efficiently as possible, and as cleanly as possible, so they can understand it. Because if we can go out there and we can start throwing on our terminology, there are a lot of them, they don't, they have no idea what that means. So you improve as a coach being precise and being clear with the words that you use. So from a coaching aspect, that was a, that was a big positive too. Because you find out you get really wordy. Like, uh -huh, I'm getting wordy with this recording right here. You get too wordy. And so you find out how to clean that up and communicate much more effectively. single sport athlete
or multi-sport athlete. That's something that we see a lot of today, whether it's on social media, you know, if you're watching a game and a broadcaster talks about how, you know, this particular player was all-state in this sport, another sport, I, I think that's something that there is no right or wrong answer whether a player should play should play multi sports or not, or just play one sport year round. Quite frankly, I think I think we're making way too much of it. It shouldn't be a non-issue. What it should be is the player's decision with no influence from the coach to, you know, go one way or not. And the same from the parents, too. It needs to be that player's decision. And then whatever happens after that decision is made by that player they go about how to map it out, how to, you know, how to devote your time if you're multi-sport, how to, you know, devote your time going forward, if you choose to just play one sport year-round, you need to find out how you're not going to experience burnout, because burnout is a real thing, there's no doubt about that, but that player needs to figure out for themselves what are they going to do to not experience burnout, but at the same time be committed to that one sport to the point that they are getting better every single time that they go into the gym or the playing field, whatever it might be. And up until a few years ago I was dead set Multi-sport athlete, multi-sport athlete, multi-sport athlete. Fast forward to today, I still think that focusing on your main sport, but then having a second sport to play when you're in high school, to stay competitive, so you're not just doing nothing, and... But you're still getting a break from your main sport. That's kind of, if I were to, and and like I said, I don't influence kids one way or the other anymore. That's kind of where I line with things in terms of that. But I also think that it's smart to consider another point of view. Let's say, for example, I've seen I've seen stuff posted on social media, especially during the NFL playoffs. Um, you know, you'll see something about a player, and it and it says that you know, hey, they were a multi-sport athlete in high school. They played baseball, football, basketball, whatever, wrestling, baseball, bat, whatever. They competed in two or more sports, and I think we lose sight of. Professional athletes are a different breed of athlete. They are elite. They are elite. The word elite gets thrown around way too much. 
the pro athletes, they're elite. And we lose sight of they were elite in all the sports they played. That's why they're a pro. They were elite at all the sports they played. They could afford to play multiple sports. Go from football right onto the basketball court, not miss a beat. Go from the basketball court to the baseball field, not miss a beat. Or go from, you know, basketball to track, not miss a beat. They were elite. And sometimes there are those kids out there they probably need to be a single sport athlete if they want to continue to get better or if they want to get ahead of the crowd or if they want to stay on the same level as, the, of, of the, as their competition just to keep up or to get ahead. Either way, there's a lot of kids out there that need that. Now, if they need that and they still choose to play another, that's fine. But I think it's healthy and smart to look at it from a different point of view. And I think, and, there, and I'm guilty of this too, there's a lot of things that we see where we just get caught up. We get caught up in the wave. We get caught up in whatever, you know, everybody just agrees with it to agree with it. I'm guilty of it, but it's happening a lot now. And I know I've personally made, made the choice to kind of look at everything from another point of view just to have another point of view just to play devil's advocate a little bit and I think this is one area that that might need to be taken into consideration but like I said there's no right or wrong there's no right or wrong answer I do feel strongly that it does need to be that particular athlete's decision and their decision alone if they choose if a player came to me and wanted my... I, I, I don't give advice, I give opinions. But if they came to me, I would give them my honest opinion. But they would know, after by the time the conversation's over, they would know leaving that conversation that it's on them. So, that... It's just something that I... I, I and maybe more people look at it from both sides. I don't know. I don't really see it. But that's just another point of view that I think it's worth noting, and I think it's something that um, should be discussed. Monica Cezano, I hope I pronounced her name right. If you're if you're a post player, current high school post player, college post player, middle school. I can't think of a better post to watch when it comes to when it comes to footwork and knowing how to post. She's not, you know, she's she uses her feet. She uses her feet to, you know, to to get a seal, to get a piece of the paint, hold the seal. I can't tell you how many consecutive clips I've watched of her. And I'm not, you know, make they're consecutive. I, they're, I don't know what's coming. Where she does not have to put the ball on the ground to score. She catches it. She chins it. She's got an angle to score. And if she doesn't, you know, she's, she's going to make a play. She's going to turn, face you up, hit a jumper. Um, 
but she's not she's not going to dribble. And as a post player, you don't want to put the ball on the floor. You want to score as easily and as simply as possible. And that's exactly what she does. You know, she knows where to space if a guard's attacking. You know, if the guard's attacking baseline, she knows to, you know, lift up the elbow, you know, lift to the elbow or where the open area is. If there's a middle drive, she knows to space out to that short corner. She's going to hit those 10 to 12 foot jump shots. But in terms of just getting an angle to score, getting a piece of the paint, her elbows are her, her, her elbows are always up. She's catching the ball with two hands. She's just one that you really need to watch because uh, there's there's not a post player that's better than her in that regard. Um, and I've watched a ton of post players. And there's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of good ones. But when it comes to just knowing how to get open and staying open, she's the best that I've seen. The Belgian women's national team, if you're looking for baseline out of bound sets, they're probably one of the best teams that you can watch. They run such good stuff. Their timing... Cutting the timing of every the timing of the cuts and the screens and it's just they do such a good job. You have to watch them. I can't I can't say enough about them. They've got you know every single set. It's got multiple options. You know they read them in order, and you've got to be ready to guard something that you're not expecting because the second you get caught watching your man. You're not in position. They're gonna cut you back door. They're gonna flare screen you. They're gonna, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna face cut you. And so they just, they do a lot of good things. <clears throat> and uh, you've got to be in a stance. You've got to be in a stance where that ball's being inbounded. I mean, if you're opposite the ball, you got to be in help because um, they're gonna exploit you. So I highly recommend watching the. Uh, you know the Belgium, the Belgium women's team. Their baseline out of bounds stuff, and they're gonna get you on automatic looks too. So, check this video out, and I hope you get something out of it.